Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm something of a scientist myself. And this week we're taking our first dive into Disney Plus and talking about The Mandalorian. You're goddamn right we are, Alex. And before we get into that, I want to make a quick note uh, for an episode coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, We will be reviewing one book, uh, one comic book in our new comic book episode uh, that we missed last month because... I was traveling for work, and I haven't got to talk to you guys about that yet, but I've got a brand new job. I am a big kid now. Traveling gigolo. Yes, I now come to you with all of my services. Uh, and I got to go to a local comic book shop that had a book that we missed. That's not the point I wanted to tell you about. <laughs> I wanted to tell you about how aggressively the man behind the counter uh, was uh was about uh, Batman's penis and Batman damned. Really? Just yep. like it was like apropos of nothing. Uh, well, he was really like he just wanted my opinions on a lot of weird shit. That's weird. Uh, and he really was adamant about Batman's dick not being a big deal. And I was like, were sure. You, were you the only one in the store? I was there with uh, a coworker of mine, <laughs> uh, and it was extremely awkward. You're like, you're, we're like looking over, and like, I'm sorry about this. It's not like normal. It's not how it normally is in comic book stores. Yeah, this is not a, a yeah. cool thing. Like, he was like shopping for books for his kids who had never read comic books. And he's like, hey, you uh, would your kids like the Batman penis book? Yeah. Needless to say, he didn't buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the the guy digressed into talking about how badly he wanted to see Superman's cock. This is weird. Yep, because he was just very interested in what that would look like. And if it opened up in any weird ways, I was like, no, it's probably just a penis, bro. I imagine he just like Thanks watches the, the scenes and mall rats over and over again where Brody talks about superhero sex life. <laughs> like, that's all he wants in his comics. Dude, this guy would not shut the fuck I up. I really hope he was just like an employee and not like the owner of that <laughs> store. I hope that the owner was tied up in the back <laughs> and he was just having a good time. Maybe anyway, you're on a prank show. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about the book, The Last God, uh, at the end of the month. So there you go. Uh, but spoilers for what's ahead. Because yeah, we're talking about the first two episodes of Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, episode three are. should be out on the day this comes out. Although the Mandalorian's got a weird release schedule. Most episodes come out on a Friday, but then I think one or two comes out on a Wednesday. And then like one week they skip an episode. Uh, or we don't know why. Yeah, Disney Plus. I was shocked that the second episode came out when it did. I mean, two days after launch or some shit. Three days after launch. Yeah. Kind of bizarre. Yeah, that's true. But after that cliffhanger of a uh, from episode Which one. We'll get to, but I feel like we should, at most things, do start at the beginning. Nope. Uh, okay, so for starting from the beginning, let me just say that it was extremely weird how uh, it opened up with the uh, credits from 13 going on 30, and then they played the entire movie, or I think it was the movie, or maybe it was a shot-for-shot remake of 13 going on 30. Um, maybe I just watched 13. Well, I think Pedro instead. Pascal did a great Jennifer Garner impersonation. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. And full Mandalorian armor too. <laughs> uh, it opens up. And uh, in heels no less. In a cantina scene, uh, where this guy's being harassed by, uh, three, uh, people there. They're all alien races. Uh, and eventually the Mandalorian walks in and also this. That's all we know him as. That is, as far as we know, he doesn't have a name. He does have one, but we haven't gotten it. And I think it's a really cool move that we never see his face. Like, his helmet never gets taken off either. Yep. 
uh, because the mountain crushed his skull in, so there's <laughs> nothing left. So it's a crossover show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it's very Star Wars-esque, like the continue itself. They're speaking alien languages. Um, Which, why don't they just speak English? Yeah, it's pretty selfish of them. Uh, the bartender tries to ease tension by offering a free drink to the Mandalorian. It doesn't work. Uh, the Mandalorian fights the guys harassing uh, the blue alien, whose name I can't remember. I can't remember what was ever said. Uh, yeah, who gives a shit? And then there was an awesome scene. It was a great fight scene. It was a great way to start. And it, there was this in the trailer, but one guy tries to escape through the doors that open up by like swiveling open and like swiveling closed. Yep. And he shoots his uh, kind of garrote wire at him, yanks him, pulls him in, and slices him in half in the door by shooting it and making it close uh, and malfunction. Uh, which is pretty awesome. And it turns out that the blue alien is his bounty. So he's yep. bringing him in. Yeah, let me tell you, though, uh, Big Doors uh, has got to be pissed at this. Uh, their product of Big Doors has yeah. got is come under fire here uh, as extremely dangerous and yeah. life-threatening. And I would expect a lawsuit. Uh, I believe 25 are already filed and they've already made their way up to the Supreme Good. Court. I stand behind Big Doors. Uh, but the blue alien, uh, he kind of like tries to bargain his way out of it. Uh, or even though he knows he tries to offer him to pay, so he's got a lot of money. Uh, he was a little bit like they played well with each other because the Mandalorian is very quiet, very serious, and stoic. Say, do they play well with each other, or does the Mandalorian just not ever talk? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a big part of it. Uh, but I thought uh, that was a nice play. Horatio Sands played that. Uh, What's that alien? That's the voice sounds familiar. I thought my favorite part of the early scene is when they get picked up by the speeder. Uh, one comes off very nice speeder. Uh, piloted by a droid. The Mandalorian has another one because he doesn't trust droids, which I didn't. I don't know why he doesn't trust droids. I don't know if that was a dress night and pick it up. On no, it. he okay. just says it a couple times in his first episode. Um, but the, we don't get anything about it in the second episode either. No, but maybe in the future. Uh, but the junkie droid, uh, or junkie speeder comes up and it's driven by Brian Posehn, yes. which I loved. Who uh, was written for Deadpool and he was in um, Deadly Class and Just Shoot Me. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and that Doug Benson movie about marijuana that documentary he was in that as well. Yeah, obviously uh, a real A list celebrity here. <laughs> um, but they speed off on this ice. Uh, this ice creature busts out and tries to eat them. It's a great visually. It's a great scene. Uh, watching the Mandalorian come out and like tase him like at the attached creature be saying like that was cool because Mandalorian and Star Wars as known as the galaxy's like best fighters like that's what they're known for. Uh, Boba Fett was dressed in Mandalorian armor, but I don't believe he was a Mandalorian. Um, no, uh, they are the most ruthless um, mercenaries yeah. in the galaxy. And Mandalorians at this point, this takes place in between episode six and episode seven. Uh, the Mandalorian homeworld has been destroyed. They're displaced and kind of just thrown across the galaxy for the ones that are still alive. Uh, they're not like they're not hunted or hunted by anyone, but uh, they're dying civilization, essentially. So you said this is after six, but before yeah. seven. Yes. Okay, then we have a lot to talk about when we get uh, to the end of this first episode. Which is what? Which is we get a hint of that. Uh, show him a little bit. Uh, whenever he goes to collect his bounty, he collects it from Carl Weathers uh, from Arrested Development, um, <laughs> and nothing else. Uh, but the other bounties that he has aren't aren't worth the fuel. Like it would cost him more to travel and hunt them uh, than it would. Also, to real quick. Nice touch. A lot of his bounties are frozen carbonate. Uh, I love that. Yep. Uh, I thought that was great. And that's how he got Horatio, yep. too. Uh, but he says there's one bounty that there's no chip for, 
uh, and tells him how to get to it. And it's a bounty, basically, uh, that the Empire has pulled up. But the Empire has been destroyed. They're in shambles. Uh, he enters this room and he sees a bunch of stormtroopers. I think four stormtroopers, five stormtroopers. But like their armor is not clean. Like it's dirty. It looks rusted because the Empire has crawled. So these are like these are the last remnants uh, of the Empire, essentially. Um, yeah, they're not the clean, perfect, shiny stuff that you see in the in those first. No, and and though. we don't know like how the Empire as of yet, uh, how the First Order came to be. So like this, this is bridging the gap a little bit, but not much. Uh, so we get a little bit. He's given a bounty by Werner Herzog, uh, who plays, uh, who's a great documentary man. He made the documentary uh, Grizzly Man. Uh, and he's... Uh, that's a brutal documentary. Yes, it is. Uh, and he uh, comes out with a scientist named uh, Obed, or the actor is Obed, uh, a mod, something like that. And they don't tell him exactly what it is. They just tell me I have to go to this planet it's surrounded by these, the target uh, that he, he may end dead or alive, uh, is uh, surrounded by like these bandits, essentially. Uh, so he goes to this planet, he flies off, he agrees to take it because he gets paid in Beskar steel. Uh, and Beskar is a Mandalorian, uh, like, metal. And we get this cool scene where he goes and to another Mandalorian who's a weapon forger who forges a new piece of armor out of the Beskar that he got, like a new piece of Mandalorian armor. Like, that was really cool. We saw some flashbacks of him uh, as a kid, uh, probably being when the Mandalorians were being destroyed, or either he was a foundling, like it was mentioned. We don't really know, but we get a hint of his past. Yeah, instead of watching the the flashback scenes, I just played a montage from Rocky Training, and I kind of equally know, I powerful. This, I got the same idea. Like, yeah, this is he's getting he's getting his strength. But he goes to this planet. His he gets attacked by these. I don't know. They look like overweight salamanders. Uh, yeah, I used to have an an action figure toy of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what they're called, but they have they're long legs, short big, arms, fat yeah. lizards, and they have like piranha faces. <laughs> yep. uh, uh, he defeats them and gets or he gets rescued by this local uh the local teaches him how to ride one because it's the only way to get to his target uh the local agrees to help him because the people that have been are holding the bounty have been causing problems on his planet for years yep uh so as long as they're gone and he also says that people that have gone before him he's helped them but they've all died so that adds stakes to the mandalorian's mission uh he goes there he's scouting them out he sees them all waiting there's a ton he's not sure he's gonna do it and then he sees another bounty hunter just waiting in uh, and shooting or issuing a threat and then start shooting him. Uh, it's IG-11, uh, which is similar to the IG-88 droid from the Knights of the Old Republic video game series. And it's played by Taika Waititi. Yeah, it uh, is. And he's amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, very funny, very wry. Well, whenever he shoots, the the Mandalorian is great, too. Because he's like, no, we're, we're, I'm in the guild, too. Because he issues guild proclamations. He's like, uh, to warn the surrender. And basically, they agree to help each other. Uh, but it's this great action scene where I, I don't especially because he's just spinning around like in a three sixty circle, shooting people like just left and right, walking straight. Yeah. But his arms are flailing about, and his head is flailing about, uh, and he's just destroying just about fucking everybody. And whenever he realizes that they're outnumbered and can't, he sees no way to beat them. He just keeps trying to self destruct. Yeah. <laughs> and the Mandalorian keeps trying to stop him from self destructing. Like, nope, yeah. <laughs> Like like that, like it's great. Um, but they get into the door. Uh, they find the bounty, and this is where, like the big twist and the big reveal, I should say, at the end. And real quick, before we get there, this 
fight scene reminded me a lot of um, what was the standalone Rogue One? Yes, thank you. I don't know. Why I couldn't think of that. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Rogue One. Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, I spit an image. Um, when we see uh, the fighting in like the alleyway. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was a, a very similar feel to me. This show does a great job too of not like not just like being like all CGI. Like it blends like the old like timey like looking yeah. like technology and stuff like that too. It, it does. It uses practical effects and costumes a lot. Like it does a fantastic job. Well, the guy that that leads him there and gives him that big lizard thing was super yeah. not CGI. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, but they give target. It's in this floating egg uh, thing, this metal egg, I should say. Uh, and they open it, and IG Eleven uh, starts to uh, makes a move to kill it because he's been given a bounty to kill it. Which there's a mystery there. We don't know why he was sent or who paid for him to go there, or why they want the target killed. But they open the target, uh, Mandalorian. Is shocked by, by what he sees, and he kills IG Eleven before IG Eleven uh, can kill what's in the target. And what's in target is inside is a baby Yoda. Yeah, uh, and he's shocked. The target's supposed to be fifty years old, but I think Yoda lived to be over nine hundred years old. Yeah, uh, he did. And his species, I don't think, in Star Wars has ever identified because they're incredibly rare. I think think to be extinct. So, like, what he's found is one of the rarest things in Star Wars. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe a reincarnation exists in the Star Wars universe. Maybe he does, yeah. yeah. Um, and I can't say that Baby Yoda is just the cutest thing, like in Holy the world. Shit, yeah. I've never seen anything <laughs> cuter. Yeah, it's it's the cutest thing of all time. Yeah, I don't want to have uh, a baby. I just want to have a Baby Yoda. Yeah, I, I hope that for Christmas they're making out. They're making all sorts of Baby Yoda toys. Oh, um, you know it. Yeah, yeah, I, it's gonna happen. Um, but and then we're, talk, we're gonna jump into episode two. Uh, the Baby Yoda also does not have a name. That episode is titled "The Child." Uh, so I think we have the Mandalorian and that Yoda baby will be referred to as a child probably from here on out. Uh, but the Mandalorian is 50 years old. Uh, yeah. Goes back to his ship to get off the planet and it's being uh, scavenged by Jawas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're in episode yeah. two now. Yeah. I think you said that. Yeah. But. And he just, he just starts blasting the Jawas and the gun he uses like this rifle just disintegrates people. Like, yeah. <laughs> one shot just up. disintegrates yeah yeah if, like, if it hits you're done yeah. so. uh, but the Jawas escape his ship is inoperable so he goes to his old pal again to try and get help to negotiate with the Jawas yeah. uh, doesn't work out so well uh, they want things that he can't oh well we're, you're skipping through a lot of stuff you basically went to almost the end of the entire episode so back up back up uh, first off you start to see baby Yoda have baby Yoda powers or try yeah. to use baby Yoda powers uh, to heal the Mandalorian. And we'll say too after that his initial fight with the Jawas. The baby Yoda is still in its egg. The egg floats and it follows the Mandalorian. Yeah. You see Which later is fucking adorable. Yeah, you see later that the egg he controls it probably through like some sort of like gravity thing where where he can move left and right, but he has it like basically following him like wherever he goes. Uh, this baby Yoda is like eight inches tall. Yeah, and it is so yeah. cute. It's just uh, like burlap robes that looks like a lot like Yoda himself. Yep. It, um, it's kind of amazing. Uh, but I love seeing the Jawa ship. Yes. And I love watching the Mandalorian. So let me just And I love too how the Jawas looked like they were like episode six Jawas. Or, yeah. or sorry, episode four Jawas. Yeah, they yeah. did. Uh, and I mean the, the ship yeah. looked identical yeah. too. It was really, really cool the way that they did that. Uh, but I love that fight scene where they're basically just throwing rocks at him as he tries yeah. to climb up the side of it. As yeah. He tries to scale it. And then he yeah. eventually <laughs> makes it to the top. And yeah. all like there's like forty Jawas up there, and they all just shock him yeah, yeah. at one time, and he falls well, off the Jawa ship, which is like forty feet tall. Yeah, uh, he lands, which is ow. 
Yeah. It was rather, slightly painful. I'd rather yeah. not fall 40 feet, even with Mandalorian armor. But then he gets help uh, from his friend. Uh, yeah, he does. He's, like, traveling in the back of, like, his, like, little ship he uses. Yeah. Uh, and he tries to speak to them, and the Jawas insult how he speaks their language. So, so he sounds like a Wookiee as well. Yeah. So, back to Baby Yoda for just a second, and we'll get back to these Jawas. I think that their relationship, because... Baby Yoda keeps getting out of his little yeah. carrier ball yeah. and trying to help in whatever way possible. It really reminded me of, like, cause we see the scene where, like you were saying, he's just sniping people yeah. left and right. And Yoda's watching him do it. He's watching yeah. this fight scene happen between those weird three guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, ambushed uh, and... Uh, Chasing after the job. Yeah, sort of like a chasm uh, yeah. kind of thing. Which uh, seems and, to happen a lot. Yeah, it looks like they were remnants of the old bandit camp as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, but what I really love is I, I feel like this is kind of like a an interesting dichotomy of like of their relationship. It, it's reminiscent of Leon the Professional uh, to me. Like yeah, with somebody who's so brutal and cold-hearted yeah. and somebody who's so pure and innocent. Uh, I just love it. I was going to say three men and the baby, but uh, I like your example better. <laughs> three men. I mean, that's the obvious choice. Uh, Yoda's the three men and the Mandalorian's the baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting for Yoda to go get beer and milk for, <laughs> for the Mandalorian. Um, and also too, we should say again, through episode two, he still never takes off his helmet. Still has never given a name. Uh, so I don't know if we'll ever see his face. Uh, I'm about to give up through two episodes. Yeah, I'm um, cool if we don't. But so eventually the Jawas agree that they want an egg. Uh, and he's like, what egg? And his friend shows him how to get there. And he goes into this cave, leaves Yoda outside. And it's this giant like rhino looking thing inside yeah. there. And it catches them off guard. It's beating him up. Uh, it tries to spear the Yoda. And Mandalorian like shoots the egg in opposite direction too, which I thought was really cool. Yep. And he grabs Mandalorian, like grabbing his arm. Mandalorian was like shooting him with this flamethrower that's attached to his arm. Which, like, well, about the Mandalorian, I mean, this too, uh, he's asked to get Sooner's weapons at one point, and he said, no, like, I'm a Mandalorian, like, weapons are my religion. I'm like, he has, a, we've seen a decent variety of arsenal. We've seen his flamethrower, his disintegrating rifle, his wire that he has, he's got heaps of pistol as well, too, yep. I believe. Uh, a blaster. A blaster. Uh, and I'm sure if he gets more Besker, we'll see more weapons acquired, too, throughout the series. We definitely uh, will. But he's not like a one-trick pony. He's... He's a master of many weapons, uh, which I like. Uh, but he gets in trouble, and he's about to die. And then we really see the Baby Yoda for the first time get confirmation that he has Force ability. Because uh, the Baby Yoda lifts the Rhino thing into the air. I mean, it wasn't a shock. Yoda was trying to do like all the, the hand mm-hmm. stuff before trying to heal him and stuff. But we all knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the things... It was cool to see it in action. Yeah, because we don't, like, every race, like, in Star Wars isn't Force-sensitive, but we don't really know about whatever Yoda's race is because there's only been Yoda. Yep. So we don't know if uh, if all of them are like that. And, uh, and like, like it just shows, like, their great relationship. And as they're leaving towards the episode, he invites his friend if he wants to join his crew because he can help repair his ship. He turns him down because he doesn't want to. But... He, his friend tells him uh, that like, well, good luck, like collecting your bounty. And like, so that leaves the question, is he going to go collect his bounty? Is he going to go get more Beskar and like honor his people, like honor the Mandalorians and collect it because it's so rare these days. Or has he formed a real relationship with this incredibly rare creature? And cute. Yes. Rare and cute. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if Mandalorians weakness is cuteness. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think so. 
I really don't think that their weakness is cuteness. Uh, We're going to find out. I will say, too. Uh, he might be attracted to the power. The series is eight episodes. Uh, John Favreau is a showrunner. I believe he wrote every episode. Uh, he directed the first one. And the series has a great lineup of directors. Uh, episode two was directed by Rick Fumiyama. I think that's how you say his name. He uh, directed Dope which my, and wrote Dope, I believe. One of my all-time favorite films. Oh, that's dope. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Uh, we have episodes coming up directed by... Deborah Cho, who's been in TV for a long time, she's directed episodes of uh, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. She's been she's done a lot of genre television work. Uh, Dave Filoni's directing an episode, the creator of Star Wars: Clone Wars, Rebels: Resistance. Uh, Taika Waititi's directing an episode. So like, it, it's quite a great cast of directors uh, who who they got to direct this first season. I really hope we see IG Eleven. Speaking of Taika, Waititi. I know I hope he comes back too. Uh, so, what are you hoping to get from the rest of the season? I don't like it. I pre- I think it's been renewed for a second season already. I'm pretty sure it's got to have been. Uh, like it's a self-contained. What thing. I want more is I want more filling in the gaps uh, between what happened between episode six and, and episode seven, uh, the fall of the empire versus the rise of the new order. I, I like to see some more sprinklings of how that happened. Yeah, uh, I don't need a ton of it, but it'd be nice to have a little bit more background info. Yeah, and I mean that can be something that that comes about as the series progresses too. I would like to see more of like just like world building for like Mandalorians themselves, like the importance of weapons, armor, their people, their culture. I'd like to see that. Uh, and like the big question for me is, what happens to this baby Yoda? Uh, because like I don't know how old baby Yoda would be by the time of episode seven, but he might be like a hundred or two hundred. But that's still not super old for for their race either. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. There, there's a lot. What would you like to see? I just want to see more kick-ass fight scenes. Um, I love that, that Star Wars fight style that they, that they bring about in here. And it's just really kind of magical. Yeah. And it really reminds me of like my first time watching it, especially watching baby Yoda pick up that, uh, that giant rhino like creature. And then just get super wiped out and exhausted afterwards. Uh, would you agree with me that this has been the best Star Wars project since Rogue One? Like Rogue One, yeah, absolutely. Uh, was excellent. You and I felt differently about Last Jedi and Solo. Solo we both liked, but like Solo wasn't amazing this is or better anything. than Last Jedi. I mean, okay, I good. I, I'm won't glad. Argue yeah. that point at all? Yeah, the cinematography in this is great. The desert scenes, that fight scene, uh, was was truly incredible. Um, just the sets that they have is wild and for disney's plus first offering for an existing like ip that they purchase obviously they're gonna have marvel shows as well too like they've done a great job yeah Uh, oh yeah like i can't wait to see what they do with the marvel shows now i can't wait for the obi-wan show and whatever else they're gonna have like with you and two i know it's gonna be nice like i just the problem is like i just need more like it's yeah I, i actually like the weekly release format like uh, I've got enough shows that come out all at once. Like I, I like being able to like enjoy it like once a week uh, and savor it for what it is. It'll be nice to be like, oh shit, Star Wars is out. It's yeah. great. This one's a little bit different too because uh, most shows like they're fifty minutes long, thirty minutes long. Uh, episode one was forty eight minutes. Episode two was thirty two minutes, I believe. Yeah. Uh, which I'm okay with as well. Like, like I don't need all fifty minutes episodes. Like they told a complete story in both episodes. I didn't feel like anyone need to be any longer or any shorter. Yep. I wasn't at the end like, man, that should have been longer. Yeah, but at the end, I, but at the end, I was like, I want more. Yeah. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I mean, even though I just said like, I like I get to watch it like once a week. I was also like, I was like, I can't believe I have to wait a week now for the next episode. I mean, they finished up a chapter. Yeah. Is what it seemed like. Yeah. You got chapter one that ends with a big cl- cliffhanger, and chapter two is like, all right, now where are they going to go? So, do you ever want to see the Mandalorian's face? No, I don't need to. Do you ever want to see his name? <laughs> 
or, or nope. hear his name, not see it. Like, see, it's like written down. <laughs> Check made out too. I can't write the Mandalorian. No, yeah. I don't think there's any need to. Um, that was one of the the great parts about Boba Fett and why he's so so revered is he's a yeah, mystery. Yeah. He's an enigma. Yeah, he's, like, right, you don't know who he is, and that's he's why the son of Django, who is in a movie and a half is one of the most favorite characters yeah. in all of Star Wars lore. And, and only really in two scenes between those movies as well, too. Yeah, he's not um, in them a lot. He's and, got very limited dialogue. And uh, we so far this season, too, I mean, we both love the first episodes, I believe, but there hasn't been, like, a real, like, there hasn't been, like, an overarching villain either, which is unusual. Uh, I would say, like, through the first episode, you usually build the protagonist, but usually know who your main antagonist is going to be, and we don't know that yet. It, it could likely going to be the Empire if he doesn't turn over Yoda or yeah. the remnants of the Empire because the Empire has been destroyed by uh, Skywalker here, uh, and the Rebels. So here's something that we haven't got in Star Wars before and it's it's really ex- extremely exciting to watch Favreau do it is we've never gotten a villain's point of view or somebody who we would deem as a villain um, and that might be what we have. Uh, we might watch him turn over this baby to the Empire because he is ruthless yeah. And then maybe he is ice fucking cold. He is ice cold. He is Andre three thousand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that could be just a good theory. And then like it might be like he regrets it and has to go back and basically f- fight whatever's left of the empire to try to retrieve. I don't. I don't need any more. Honestly, I also if want he to turns know that baby over in episode four, and we never ever see it again. I'm okay with that. Because I'm not. It just shows. How mean of a motherfucker this guy I is. I want to know more about the child as well. Like, like I want to know more about sure. like the race. I, 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 know, I do too. I want to know more about the Empire's plans for him. But the show is called The Mandalorian, not Mandalorian and Sons. I mean, that's season two. <laughs> uh, and Son and Daughter, because they're going to get a Baby Wookiee next episode. Now that would be... I would watch the shit out of that. Basically, this becomes Muppet Babies and the Mandalorian. <laughs> that'd be yeah, that'd be amazing. I, I hope there's a Muppet Babies planet in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> that'd be great. Be neat. Um, so, I mean, I think this is. I don't know how much time you spent with Disney Plus. I've spent a fair amount of time with it, and like I'm loving it so far. But it's like, it's worse than Netflix in my mind, and here's why. Uh, I can't decide what the fuck I want to watch. I know there's so much on there. Like it yep. is, it is a ridiculous. Like, like I've spent more time just going through. Although to be fair, I did watch the opening scene for Brank so I could hear the Suicide Machines, and then I closed it out and watched it again uh, because that's what you do. Like you didn't the, rewind, you close uh, it out and hit play from beginning. Yeah, naturally, but then it just played from where I left off, so I had to rewind. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like Disney is a little bit uh, tangential for what we're talking about, but Disney Plus, like, here's people come about their collection, but their collection is amazing so far. Like it has all the Disney yeah. uh, Channel uh, movies and shows. Like when we were kids, that we loved has the cartoons from like our era of like Ducktales and Darkwing Duck and uh, Chip and Dale and all that. I have yet to find something that isn't downloadable. And uh, yeah, with my job, and I'll be traveling a lot. I'm traveling next week. Uh, it's fantastic. Oh, I know. I can watch it on a plane. Have that shit downloaded. It and it has amazing. a ton of Pixar stuff. It has a bunch of Pixar shorts I love because I missed some Pixar shorts. Yep. So I can go through and watch and cry after watching for four minutes. Yeah, uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching any shorts. I've neglected Pixar shorts yeah. for a long time and I don't think that I'm going to be drawn into that. Yeah. Uh, so I even noticed too, like uh, I, a couple, maybe like a month ago, I watched Gravity Falls for the first time. Uh, and they have all the Gravity Falls shorts on there, which I didn't even know existed. So I'll be going through and watching like what? all 18 of those on there. Uh, so yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, so the, the content we'll is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so what are you going to rate the Mandalorian on a scale of one to 10? That's a nine. Yeah, it's I'm right there. I'm really with you. Good. Nine. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Uh, I, I would be surprised if this doesn't end up on our top 10 list at the end of the year, but this has been a great year so far too. So it's going to be hard uh, to call. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Hitchman of Comics. Next week, we're going to talk about the number one for the month of November. Yeah. Uh, and back to our top 10 list real quick. Like, I still have to put Justice League in our top 10 list from last year. It was so good yeah. that I've got yeah. to put it on there. Well, naturally. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, yeah. New comics. We'll also be reviewing The Last God from October. And if you have any other questions for us, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, or you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, like and subscribe to our podcast. It really uh, would mean a lot to Alex's wife. She doesn't have much to hope for. We right want now. to be a three comic billionaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have we don't have a comma yet, but we'll get there one day. Once, yeah, eventually, yeah. yeah. Uh, for the Comics, I'm Alex Dashback, and I have spoken. Hinchin' ain't easy.